We have hope. Hope that things can get better. And they will. You called it Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, folks, welcome to The Bizzle's Daily Rebels. Right here, we've got Season 3, Episode 5 or 6, The Last Battle. And, uh, you know, again, a, a um, episode that gains way more coolness factor, kind of, with uh, after you, you go back and watch Clone Wars, was sort of how I did it backwards. Um, but because uh, you know, there's still a lot drawing from the prequel movies. Even if you had just seen the prequels, which was mostly where I was at. I'd seen the movies. I didn't really see the match of the cartoons at this point. You know, we know the Roger Rogers. We know the Rolly Ball Death Machines. You know, who, who are way less kind of human. And, and what was very funny when you go back to the Clone Wars is they immediately recognized that there was a, a, a very, very dark humor around the battle droids being aware and never able to prevent their imminent slaughter by basically everybody. I mean, they're tall and skinny. They make no sense. And so the fact that they actually gave them sort of an insecure human personality about their impending doom is quite hilarious. Here, we're getting the background about the Clone Wars. And, you know, the... The biggest problem with this episode is just a brief moment where Ezra is giving a lecture to everyone, anyone, everyone who knows all about this way better than him. Here's Rex starting to have some PTSD. Um, Kanan throughout the, the, this episode is counseling, counseling Ezra. Right. Rex has been through a lot. Battle leave scars. Some you can't see. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful writing. Something that Malcolm Reynolds would definitely say in Firefly along those lines. And he's constantly counseling Ezra that, you know, Rex has to go through this. And just like they do some crazy stuff for Sabine's, uh, I'm sorry, Hera's, you know, family heirlooms and, you know, Zeb's crazy species uh, initiatives, you know, like they're always going going to bet on things that maybe they shouldn't. They set this up so that the, you know, the it's inevitable and they're being forced into... Um, you know, the simulated battle that's not so simulated. It's like the holodeck, you know, when the holodeck inevitably in Star Trek becomes, you know, like sentient and, and starts becoming real and killing them and stuff. Um, but uh, the fact that the Roger Rogers become funny really negates me just hating their existence and how annoying and stupid they are. In a cartoon, again, these things pull off better. Now, you could certainly... There's plenty of creatively uh, choreographed murder of droid sequences in the prequels. I would argue there's a lot too much of that, and none of it really, you know, realizes Star Wars is true. Aesthetic potential, in my, in my opinion. Oh, torture! Star Wars family uh, TV show, you gotta have torture. <coughs> but, um... You would think that this episode would get a lot better... After seeing the Clone Wars, and obviously it does, especially with the you know the PTSD that someone like Rex. Oh, does he straight up having the his uh, flashback? Yeah, he's got major PTSD going on right now with all this stuff that he thought was long gone. He's horrified just seeing seeing it at all. I can't blame him. That very Matrix looking robot. I mean those those sort of three eyed designs. Especially if you watch the Animatrix, the uh, anime um, an, 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 anime stories around the matrix there's some great 
create robot designs along you know those uh and it looks like if they you know you took part of a sentinel and just dropped it on a robot body it's terrifying <laughs> Um, so anyway, so yeah, so Ezra ends up lecturing everyone on, on stuff that they know much better than him, but that's, that's sort of the point is that it takes sort of a young, fresh mind to state the obvious, which is what is the point of holding this grudge of a war long over when our common enemy is right there in the empire and it becomes very real for them at the end, but they had to do these sort of, again, these sort of like, you know, training, like corporate training exercises, you know, climb on the rock wall and go, you know, go bungee jumping with the... <laughs> With, with the third floor in the office building uh it's hilarious it's it, you know the training is so transparent in star wars is probably what we love about it um and this is definitely a form of uh, for, form of training oh right the robot wants to end the right he thinks this is going to lead to a victory so rex is obviously way more conscious and aware of the true situation which is this is nonsense and the war is long over the robots programming can't handle that particular scenario because that would overthrow everything they were built for which is why all those droids got shut down at the end uh, in addition to just handing over power completely to palpatine um but rex is drawn into this the uh, the the, uh siren song of the simulation of these wars and again kanan comes in a little bit most of the time yeah is this your padawan kanan most of the time (laughs) so all the best lines of those two right if you're not fight you'll be terminated you gotta set the stakes that they they would actually do this ezra you both talking about clone wars right the good and the bad I want to help you win this last battle. Ezra recognizes the important emotional stakes for Rex. It's such a beautiful thing. Sorry for this. I mean, some chair shaking here. Vine will do it. All right. And we take all the proton bombs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's logical, right? Um, you will be assimilated. <laughs> Resistance is futile. Uh, I've talked, you know, Attack of the Clones is a hilarious commentary I did with Simi because he kind of likes the movie in a guilty pleasure way. I, I get it. Um, but I just couldn't help myself in ripping like almost everything in that movie that's not like a couple Obi-Wan scenes and a couple other things. I could care less about Boba Fett. And at the time, I could care less about the, you know, the birth of the clone race, essentially, a new species, subspecies, and clones. But again, you see Clone Wars, which happens between episode two and episode three of the movies, and it's way, 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 way more interesting. Uh, what I was trying to say before, I'll get back to that, was that this episode just gets better on rewatches, period. You don't even really need to have seen the Clone Wars for this particular episode to make sense and resonate. And on my initial watching, I remember this being the thing, Rex just seemed like a second Zeb from a practical standpoint. The first time I went through the series, and though I liked Rex, I didn't know enough about the clones. I mean, the fact that Ahsoka loved him and gave him a big hug and like risked everyone's life to get him made me, of course, sympathize with him just in the transitive property of everything Ahsoka loves. I'll love because I trust her 
her to love her things. Um, and that's what, you know, we feel kind of safe comfort around this tiny little thing. I love it. And, 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 you know, in Star Wars and Clone Wars, I always talk about is like Anakin thinks his best job, his best shot at survival is not Mace Windu. It's not Cody or Rex. It's fucking 14 year old, you know, three foot nine Ahsoka got his back and he's completely comfortable. And the situation's under control. It's just an amazing statement by not making a statement. So anyways, this just gets better on rewatches because it builds Rex's character. It builds Ezra's character. And actually Ezra doesn't, is an annoying professor. It's just the writing up coming up, which I'll point to if I'm not blabbering about other stuff. There's just a way it's phrased where he's like, he's talking didactically as opposed to discursively, uh, if you will, with, uh, his class, as it were, of these guys and the, the smart leader drones, whatever. But he's not trying to be condescending. The writing lets him down, and maybe we'll get there. And honestly, yeah, you know, I only have like a couple dozen moments in the entire series of Rebels that I truly have a problem with, and half of those could have been fixed with a very small amount of writing. But, you know, like all shows... Yeah, you know you have this. So this is a lot of work for everyone, okay? This is a ton of work. You know, they shoot it head-on, not from the side like a war movie like in Clone Wars. Here we get more of a Clone Wars view from the back of the droids. They're you know, blocking a 1,000 gunshots per minute. Here comes a grenade. Um, now, they are operating like a hive mind, an isolated hive mind in this episode with the, with the um, let's see... His name is uh, B1268. So they're tied to him and he would, or it, and it would be connected to the greater empire. Um, uh, I'm sorry, not imperial. I guess it would be separatist. You know, that's why they have those motherships because, like, it's too complicated and it requires too much power to go every single person have direct control uh, within the brain of the hive mind. You would want that, you know, as, like, if you're the Borg, you don't care about oppressing every single life being. It's just not efficient from a power and logistical standpoint. So it goes on a straight hierarchical tree. You know, this group reports to this droid, which is grouped with other droids, which reports to another droid, which blah, 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 and up and up and up until you get to the center of the hive mind. If there is a single center of the high minds here's them trying to trying to psych out the the robot ha 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 um and, and uh oh here come the destroyers those are that was what i was looking for the rolling balls of death the destroyers mm-hmm yep here they come but uh so it's great for building characters uh character for rex for ezra and this was right. I mean, it's it's almost heavy-handed because it's so obvious to any of us that watch these things closely that the war was manufactured. And so there's a part of me that's like, are they trying to communicate? Like, is there a handful of people who isn't aware after all these years that the entire war, quote-unquote, between the Separatists and the Republic was manufactured? In the, in the majority of the prequel movies in the Clone Wars, and we're watching this despite the fact that we know that it's manufactured, and we know what the ending is going to be with Vader and Palpatine, you know, either destroying everything 
um, even the ones that was working for them or, you know, repurposing them like the, you know, the, the giant uh, Republic cruisers become Star Destroyers and blah, 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 blah right? Um, it, it was just, you know, building the war machine for Palpatine, uh, sacrificing part of that war machine to fight another fake war machine that he was also behind in order to create enough fear, which is exactly what's going on today with Donald Trump and horrible dictators around the world. It's always been happening and continues to happen. And I, 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 I can't really explain it. Humanity just gets too comfortable, and then even when the the thing that they hate becomes the one in power, we remain too comfortable to sacrifice. You know, God forbid. You know, showering three times a day and eating nine meals a day or whatever. <laughs> like we're living in such a state of excessive wealth, a little bit of sacrifice to preserve our future in the short term, in the long term future of our. Uh, our descendants, hopefully, you know, if the, if the hinges on me, you know, like becoming a vegetarian, maybe eating a little bit less, you know, maybe contributing more. Man, I'm on my high horse tonight. I gotta get off. It's just brutal with with with, the, with Trump basically telling people to commit acts of violence against all the people that oppose him, which is mostly all the people other than white rural people. Sorry. Anyways, Ezra killing it with the force powers. And you know, rewatching Clone Wars, it, it's it's immediately obvious that Ahsoka uses the uses force powers the most, and it's because she has to. She's tiny, so she's fight with two lightsabers. She fights defensively. She can't risk even one hit, so she's constantly doing ninja stuff all over the place. And you know, just with the defensive lightsabers, and then you add the force pushes and everything like that. And you know, it, it's totally practical. It, it's it, it, like. You can get away with force porn with Ahsoka because Ahsoka, and we love everything about her, but also because she... This is not a game. Sorry, guys. Back to the episode real quick. But Ezra uses force powers great. Right? Strategy discipline. Yeah. And the only... Th- since Rex knows this is all a sham... I mean, that's what's, that's, that's the unspoken message of this episode, guys, is that we are watching a sham within a sham. We, we are watching a... And this is what Jean Baudrillard I've been talking about in a long time, but it's very influential on me, about simulacra and simulation, which is behind the entire philosophy of, of the Matrix and Ghost in the Shell, AI stuff, and multiple levels of reality, multiple levels of existence and perception, and so forth, whether we, we're aware of them or not, you know... The Matrix says there's one level of control uh, the, the, when you're, you're either in the Matrix or you're out. We know that the Matrix is kind of a horrifying life, but at least you're quote-unquote free. We all thought the Matrix movies were going to go in the direction of there was a Matrix within a Matrix, possibly multiple levels of such. And that would have been, I guess, hard to make into a cool trailer, but would have been a much better movie or movies in terms of the sequels and what all smart people who are following those what we're trying to say now the force you know is like the matrix code the difference is the matrix code is synthetic and it's just that neo is incredibly talented at reading and perceiving the synthetic code but it's essentially like daredevil senses or here with the force which we are just meant to assume is what they call metaphysical bedrock meaning the primary and you know central way of being wow rex was going to murder that guy Right, we'd be goners. Um, so yeah, so the hidden message in this is that they're they're running a simulation within a simulation because that's all the war was. It's it's so sad from the end of episode two till you know the end of episode three of the movies. The entire thing was just a giant simulation that resulted in the deaths of millions or billions of people. 
but it wasn't based in anything real. It was specifically based in something not real. That's another discussion is like, well, there's the simulations that we make for ourselves that we're not even aware of, and there's simulations that we know that we're inside. That's why, you know, people smartly have started to turn to things like yoga and acupuncture and herbal medicine because, you know, the human body is is a type of simulation that where our brains are never quite connected to, and so it results in a lot of complicated and bad results for us and for everybody. And once we start treating like the body like it's a holistic system, you know, again, that's a forest thing, and why the Eastern philosophy sides of the forest are way more interesting than, the, in my opinion, the Christian sides of, that mostly came out during the prequels for whatever reason with George, with, you know, Holy Birth of Anakin, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to go there. So this is a simulation within the simulation, and it's all just to scratch the itch that everyone's got, and Cain and Ezra are just along for the ride. But because this is the leader, this is the, but yeah, by Ezra asking them to provide him the answer at the end, it shows how far he's come in terms of his smartness and his discipline, and also shows that he, that's a true mastery. True mastery that you know some, that you know, truly know and understand something. Oh, shit. They're just crushing the Roger Rogers battle droids. If you asked, here we go. Yeah, now Kanan says time for Ezra to step forward. Stop telling him to shut up. Right. When you were both weak enough, the Empire took over. Here's the line coming up I don't love. General, what were the Separatists fighting for? According to my programming. Freedom from the tyranny of the Republic. Hmm. Sounds like the Empire has always been your Empire. Yeah. Public no longer stands. Yeah, now the Republic has begun. This is totally logical equation. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the thing. For, okay, I'm a philosophy guy. Uh, you know, I took like classes, entire semesters on formal logic, deductive logic, and that was exactly what happened there. Was th- he needed one piece of information, which was how much the the Republic had come become the empire thus the empire is their enemy that's exactly how logic works logic works thinking that if you give me a b c and d then i will arrive in q which is you know the correct state of reality or the the true or real state of, of things in any given moment you know whether it's the state of war here or the state of the individual's mind whatever blah 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 and and but we our decision making the more of those you know those preliminary um facts uh you know uh you know, uh, w- within the, the thesis statement, you know, as soon as you start taking out like the major building blocks of the statement, then everything starts to crumble because you, it's like a, you know, a pyramid of mathematical equations that you, that you can't solve. Like if you don't, you know, if I need to solve for something related to X and yet you don't give me X and there are other unknowns, then I can't complete it. And that's what logic comes down to. This is much more simple that if, you know, if, if you get, if you guys care, maybe I'll do like a little five minute thing or, or I analyze, um, that would be cool actually, where I analyze what just happened there, which was that he did not sway the machine whatsoever because of emotion, which he can't experience seemingly, but he, he provided of A, B, C, and D, D was missing. He gave him D preliminary, you know, facts and then all the subsequent facts leading to the conclusion come right into place. Rex was a little bit more of an emotional appeal, but they're also, you know, very, when they have their heads on right, the clones are very mathematical um, to their detriment in the sense of, you know, constantly sacrificing themselves because they can size up in a battlefield very quickly, you know, like uh, that, well, I don't want to die, but if I die here, I could if I could sacrifice, uh, I could save sort of five of my, my guys by sacrificing myself. 
if I wait, then I risk killing every, you know, everyone getting killed. So will I do it? Well, each clone ultimately makes that decision, but usually they charge in, which is, you know, and their level of independence, this is what doesn't make sense. Even though the clone's level of independence and, uh, uh, personality distinction making, if that makes sense, like really de- bouncing off one another to develop unique personalities makes everything here, and especially the Clone Wars, obviously, way. I mean, and without that, the Clone Wars isn't interesting. Even with Ahsoka and Anakin, it's not interesting without the clones being interesting. And we're definitely going to get some like glitchy clone stuff a lot, probably, as part of the lead up to the Siege of Mandalore uh, of uh, Clone Wars, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> the fucking Roger Rogers. And they never try and protect one another because they're so weak as it is. Um, but uh, <laughs> but th- it's also unrealistic. The, 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 if they have, they're, they're so self-aware, they're basically almost enlightened with their level of calm, you know, in, in the craziest of situations. They're spiritually centered. They're willing to sacrifice themselves for the greater whole without even thinking about it. They're the most noble, you know, in the old school way, you know, noble uh, warriors the universe has probably ever seen, but they're completely synthetic. They live and die pretty quickly. I think they live about 30, 40 years. Right, and this is all Ezra. You completely ended and saved the galaxy. Yeah, a galaxy. Yeah, this is the this was the back padding of Ezra. But you know what? We saw him go almost to the dark side at the beginning of the season with the holocron and in Maul and stuff. So I think they wanted to make it very clear from here to the end of the series. I'll look at Kanan. I never noticed that shot of Kanan. He's just grinning out of the sides of his mouth, his lips, hearing all these compliments of his student. He's so proud. Things that he can't even teach Ezra. Ezra just needed like a again. This is the logical thing. Ezra had heard almost nothing because they never want to talk about it and they don't have all the facts. He's heard very little. He knows the Jedis were slaughtered and the basics of the Clone Wars and blah, 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 blah. Oh, we're going to get some storytelling here from Grandpa Rex. Oh, the Battle of Genosis. Yeah. There you go. But, uh... Oh, is that the new shuttle? Just about to call you. How was your day? That's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, bad news is we didn't get the bombs. Good news is we only. Oh, yeah, here it is. Come. That thing looks just like a Battlestar ship. The way it moves, the way it's painted with the blue, it looks like Colonial One. It's awesome. It's much cooler looking than the Phantom. Oh, and it can jump. Oh, yeah, baby. Got to upgrade. Got to upgrade the equipment. So, anyways, maybe I'll have time to talk about this uh, in the future uh, episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's unrealistic, their level of, you know, it, with Blade Runner, they try have such short lifespans, the, the slave androids, and really blunt them emotionally, and eventually, of course, it all backfires. But here, they're so aware, right, from minute one. They deal with their situation, they know it's crazy, but they're, you know, I guess fighting the war is their way of, of dealing with, with the insanity, and that was sort of the point, that Palpatine thought he could pull that off. And what's going to be great about Siege of Mandalore is that we are going to see, you know, the Ahsoka friends. Ahsoka and friends, like with with Rex and some of the clones who resist and cut the chips out of their heads, and I can't wait to see that story. And you know, but uh, but, yeah, this is just one of those things that you either like or you don't like about the clones, but you just have to accept as not very rational um, in any type of reality that I can think of that they wouldn't rebel or at least question their purpose. 
on a deep level that would paralyze them very early on. But maybe we'll get to that with my Clone Wars commentaries with Simi Klimo. So, as always, thank you so much for joining me. Next episode is big, is a big stuff. I totally forgot that this episode happened this early in the season. That they go back to Concord Dawn with Fenrau, so they're now in like Mandalorian space. But the Imperials are like not even hiding that they're controlling anymore. Imperial Super Commandos, it's called, and this of course leads to the late season episodes with the Dark Saber and Mandalore and holy mother of mofoing that's going to be good run season three is great I, I think at the moment i probably have season two and then three and then four and when we get to season four i'll talk about you know it, there's a lot of great two episode arcs but as a season it feels a little choppy this feels like more like a two in that you know a good number of the episode push, episodes push things forward even if it's in a small way in a standalone episode and it usually is pushing it more ahead than you think um there there are more straight um uh you know uh single episode you know arcs you know for lack of a better word like i hate using the word term standalone or fill i certainly hate the term filler because some of the filler episodes are great but uh it's a little bit more obvious here but anyways thank you so much for joining me thanks a lot for all your support of my star wars podcast with simi and of course the star wars rebizzle bizzle daily rebels um you know i'm over the hump here i'm more than i'm almost about halfway through the series um and uh yeah glad everyone enjoyed um twilight of the apprentice So for now, you guys have been awesome. I have been the Bizzle, and may the force be with you, but for now, the Bizzlecast is out.